Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, Megan Hall, founder of Megan Hall Motivation. I motivate and inspire women to create their own version of a thriving life. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories and chat about topics relevant to today's modern women. Don't forget to join our virtual community on Facebook, the Inspire Women Community. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Hi guys, today I am here with Cindy King. She is a dating and relationship coach to executives and high achievers and the founder of The Man Magnet. That's so awesome. I love that name. Um, Her mission is to educate and empower high-achieving, career-driven men and women to consciously embrace and express their masculine, feminine sexual essence so that they can finally be happy and fulfilled in a long-lasting love relationship. Her first childhood crush at age five to puppy love at age 15, first heartbreak at 19, and finally learning the true meaning of self-love at age 29. Cindy has walked the journey of love lost and found. Cindy is North America's trustworthy source of real-world teachings on love and relationship that is actually based on medical science and rewiring the brain through neuroplasticity. And I've heard of neuroplasticity before, so I'm really excited to hear more about it. Um, Her unique transformational process of teaching men and women, including LGBTQ, I love that. That was just, it was just Pride Week. They had a whole Pride Parade and everything here, and and I'm a big ally of the LGBTQ community, so I love that. Um, About masculine masculine and feminine, feminine essence is a breath of fresh air in North America's current crisis in modern dating confusion and marriage breakdown. Highly intuitive and using her signature blunt humor style, and I love that too, Cindy delivers no BS, un-PC, just straight up scientifically proven sexy love advice. Influenced by the great analytical psychologist Carl Jung, Cindy's teaching helps people to clear get clear on which energy, masculine or feminine, they want to express, practice being in that energy and attract the right match to create long-lasting relationships based on authentic expression and honest communication. Cindy has successfully worked with clients from finding love for the first time to renewing their marriage vows. She brings supportive tools from her 10 years experience as a forensic accountant, amazing, specializing in divorce meditation or mediations, 19 years teaching and instruction in health and fitness, and the ancient wisdom of Vedic is that it? Yes. Um, Astrology. Born in Toronto and raised in Vancouver, Cindy splits her time between Vancouver and New York City. You're the the second um, person from Canada that I've had on here, which is amazing. I'm from upstate New York, so like Canada practically, uh, 30 minutes. So like the very tippy tippy top. And when people are like, we're part of New York, I'm like, just Canada. My grandfather's Canadian. I'm from Canada. Like, just just say Canada. <laughs> I might as well be. I'm so happy to have you on here, and I'm so sorry for, like, messing up. I was telling Cindy when, when we started talking, I'm like, this has just been one of those days that it's just completely, I'm completely off my game today. So, <laughs> but I'm so happy to have you here. What? I have to know, what made you decide to get in the... Um, the area that you're in today with love and relationships and... I mean, you went from forensic accountant, um, which I took accounting in college, and I was just like, this is just not my thing, um, to now doing what you do today. Like, how did that happen? Thank you, Megan. I am so excited to be here talking to you about a little bit more on the relationship side and dating as well. 
So how I actually got started is originally um, I became a forensic accountant and um, I had to deal with a lot of divorces wow. uh, for uh, seven years of my practice, actually. I didn't do so much of accounting. I was more mediating more on the relationship aspects of it. And, you know, I had to take all the assets and divide them. And I watched a lot of these relationships just really struggle but want to struggle to stay together um, but they didn't know how they gone to through counseling it wasn't working for them they have gone through other type of uh, external like uh, retreat like uh, relationship retreats and it wasn't working for them but they still want to stay together or they're just going through the divorce process because society said that's okay too mm. So I made a decision that uh, I'm going to reverse engineer all of this. So I am back to square one where relationship doesn't have to end. And if we have the right tools and, and steps in the very beginning, we don't need to break up. And nobody's perfect. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I've been married to my husband for six and a half years, but I'm a child of divorce. He is not. So both of us have, you know, we struggle sometimes with that because I'm like, this can't end in divorce because my parents divorced. And he's just like, it's not going to. What is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, it's like my biggest fear, you know, because that's what I, I grew up as a, you know, my parents divorced when I was 13. So it was a big hard hit for me. Um, and that's what, so what, how, what would you say to people would be the best way to start off their relationship? We, I've, I've told you we have a mixture of women who are single moms and um, married women who listen to the podcast. And what would you say would be a great way to start off when it comes to a relationship? I say in the starting of the relationship, I strongly believe that you need to consummate the relationship first before the sexual chemistry that happens because when we are sexually intimate with a man, we bond to them, we have all this nice chemical that's happening in our body and we don't even know what's going on in our body. And that's the fantastic part of it. We didn't know that we actually fall in love before we actually got to know the guy. And so here's the thing, what I would recommend you and any woman, really, if you are single and if you are trying to get out there, I call something what you call premature monogamy. I don't know if you ever heard of that term. No. Premature monogamy is when you are so hooked and so lovey-dovey that you're hooked on this one guy and he had, did not actually consummate their relationship or make you exclusive yet so I recommend you to be dating a minimum of three guys wow. until one of until one of the guys said I don't want you to date any of these men I don't want any man touch you you're mine I will put a ring on you I will do this for you that's that's the end of that is that okay with you so until you get that okay note, then the guy is seriously wanting to be with you. But too many women are there, are in the mode of premature monogamy first. 
Oh, I love that. This is like a sex in the city moment for me. Like, I, <laughs> I love that show so much. And I'm just like, oh, yes, this is exactly what I learned on sex in the city. Let's go. This, this, I mean, this reminds me of when I was in college and I was one of those women that just really, really wanted to have a relationship. Um, and but I, it never happened because none of those guys wanted to settle down. And, you know, then I became clingy and they were like, oh, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, <laughs> so that's great. I love that. I mean, and, you know, people listening might, might be like, no, I don't agree with that. Well, that's fine because you don't have to agree. You have to find the person that works best for you. But Cindy is our expert that's on, so she's going to let us know. Um, so what's next? What comes next? You have that, you know, you've gotten them to say, like, this is, we're together, you know, just exclusively together. That's why I tell my mom, I'm like, you got to make sure you're exclusive with the guy because that's not how guys think. And she's like in her, um, in her forties. And she's like, no, Megan, if you're dating somebody, you're exclusive. I'm like, no mom, that's not how it works. (laughs) So what comes next after the, um, the, you know, monogamy after the exclusivity, like what comes after that? So there's three things that I have uh, been researching for many, many years. And I say, why do relationships don't last in three years or the seven-year itch? So there's three formulas that I came up with. So one of them is chemistry, compatibility, and communication. So you need to have all three in, in order for you not to ever get divorced. Oh, so um, tell me more. Tell me more about this. Yes, yes, (laughs) I'm down for the communication thing. That's something I say all the time. You know, you have to have that honest and open communication. But I want to know more about the compatibility and chemistry. I mean, does compatibility mean that my husband and I have to be the same person? Or what does that mean? So compatibility means do you like the same things and just a minimum at least 10 things that you are compatible that you enjoy doing and hanging out and actually playing like being friends with that's the compatibility part do you have that do you like to go for tea do you are you foodie or do you like to go to the movies 10 things that's all you really need for for that compatibility but when it comes to chemistry, that's a very interesting. Woman falls in love with her ears and men fall in love with their eyes. So woman, if you actually are falling in love with your eye first, you're like, oh, this guy's a hottie. Look at his abs. <laughs> let, let me tell you a little bit there. You are in your male mode. You're looking at him like an object. <laughs> And I'm not saying that men should be looking at us like an object, but I'm just saying men fall in love what they see. So the colors that you wear and and just how you present yourself, they fall in love with that. It's a nice, confident woman. And actually, women fall in love with their ears. And the reason why is, does he sound like he can take responsibility? Mm-hmm. So when I have a baby, can he actually pick up all the other pieces? Or do I have to take care of him? That's what we're looking for when we're on dates and in a relationship, if this is going to work or not going to work. It makes total sense why I was attracted to my husband because my my best friend, when I first met my husband, she's like, he's not your type. He's not this. My husband is like the most responsible person out there. And he's like, he's always like, I, I say he was always meant to be a dad. Like he was always meant to be dad. Um, and that would make total sense on why I was, I was attracted to him, like from the, the get go, because like he, I had two, two kids and he was willing to like, just step up into that role and, 
you know, take responsibility. So yeah, makes complete sense. So what comes after that? Like after that, you know, you know, chemistry, compatibility and the communication, like what, what's next? So the next step is you're going to go into the relationship, what you call the honeymoon. We all heard of the honeymoon phase where everything is so perfect. Everything is like lovey-dovey. You're on this vacation for three months with this wonderful man. There is no flaw. You barely can see it. You barely can smell it. What happened when the chemicals kind of die down after the three months? So you got something like what you call the imperfect phase where you actually start to see the negative side of this person and you start to shriek. You're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And he's doing this and that. And you're like, you know, freaking out with your girlfriend. You're like, oh my God, he did this to me. And oh my God, he wasn't showing that he showed up. Oh my God, he's overworking. Oh my God. Like, so you get into that mode. You start to see all that flaw. So what we have to do, really in the beginning of the state anyways, you should negotiate sex, time, money, and play. What? Okay. Okay, tell me more. Okay, so that means that in the very beginning of their relationship, it doesn't drive, a lot of women, it drives them crazy when they don't hear their man. And when the man is actually gone, they actually miss her. The minute she opens her mouth, she starts to say something naggy or anything. He's like, oh, my God, I need to leave. <laughs> I, need, I need time out, right? It drives him crazy. So when we don't hear him, we get mad. But if we hear him, we're great. But if he doesn't hear us, he actually misses us even more. So that's where the chemistry actually, actually has to happen as well. So here's the thing. Um, so when you negotiate sex, time, and money play, so that means that uh, who's paying for the date, how often are you going to go on a date, me time, alone time, you time, you know, it's all about the self-nurturing. So me time, your time, like work time, uh, our time. So women really want to know when do we get to see our men again? And then especially even, even if you, even if you're in a relationship right now, we want to know when are we going to go on that next date? Because we can dress up, we can actually prepare ourselves and, you know, have fun. Uh, so that's really a big factor. Sex. How often are we going to have sex? Are we going to have sex every day where the point where we burnt out <laughs> through and through? Or are we going to have sex once a week? And once a week is actually perfectly normal, by the way. If you're not having sex, I would actually get you two to go in the bath. Hopefully your bathtub is big enough and just hang out there and just have quiet time. Don't say anything. All you're going to do is wash yourself. You don't have to get intimate in the, in the bath. It's just, it gets you sensual. Really, the water makes you more sensual. Um, it gets connected to your inner soul. And so that's what I would recommend for figuring out how much, how often we're going to have sex and what kind of protection are we going to be using? Because you don't want to have a freak show after the three honeymoon. You're like, oh, by the way, you're having a kid. <laughs> and no guy wants that. And no woman wants that if they're unprepared. So really, that's a really big, important foundation to have because not a lot of people want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So the finance part, I would recommend if you are with a masculine man, I would recommend, even though if he has money, I do the two to one ratio. So he pay two dates and you pay one. Or you can, you don't have to, if you don't have the money, that's fine. You can come up with date activities, like maybe sitting in, uh, watching a movie at home, and that's totally fine, playing board games or going to the park or things like that. It doesn't have to be always about money per se. But if the guy's taking you on a nice fancy date, that's totally fine. Be receptive, just be in the feminine side, don't overgive. 
I think women tend to overgive, especially if you have children. That's where it comes from. That's the masculine side to do with children. You don't do that to your real man because he already has a mother. So really take your masculine side, put it into a proper place like work, um, taking care of children, protecting anybody who is really in danger. And that's fine. That's your masculine side. But let a man masculine to take care of you. That means taking responsibility for you. So he can be very controlling at times because he wants to know that you're safe because you are considered to be his co-pilot. He can't live without his co-pilot. And that's a big factor of that. And so we talked about um, money, so sex, money, time, and play. So that's, we talk about the dates and stuff like that, you time, my time, and alone time. So how much time do you really want to spend with yourself? And you have to communicate with that. So getting clarity with yourself is a very important factor on this. Yes, I preach, um, I, I preach, yeah, my client actually said, you do get a little preachy sometimes about taking that time for yourself because it's super important, you know, taking care of yourself because you can't take care of the others in your life. So I want to know, like, how do you know if your man is a masculine man? Great. Uh, this is what I teach in my program. I call it fake beta. And so I'm considered to be a very masculine woman. I'm an alpha woman. I would consider myself because I like, I'm considered to be a tomboy as well, I, even though I don't look like it. If you look at my photo and first impression, you're like, no. But the minute you put me on a field or a tracking field or a swim or put me through an Ironman, guess what? I will compete right so that's where it is I'm a naturally uh, a competitive individual even through education and it doesn't matter if you're an executive or a CEO or whatever high achiever you're considered to be a masculine person first impression and because today our society we want equal this equal pay equal job equal this equal education and that's totally fine that's great but that's actually kills the chemistry in our relationship because we want to dominate men and be competitive towards men and that's fine but you're gonna be perfectly single and you're gonna scare off all the men away <laughs> because you know why because you have it all you know it all you do it all right so where does he fit in the row so what I really teach is a woman to be passive patient and vulnerable so he can cherish you adore you and love you so I teach something what you call the yin and the yang, which is the quantum physics of the Chinese. So men are considered to be yang, which is out exterior, mm -hmm. exterior and interior. He is yin, so he has a soft soul. So how you communicate with him is a very important factor that you don't break his man spirit. So by yelling at him and nagging him breaks his spirit. But if you actually, uh, have you heard of, uh, what is it, the sandwich uh, communication? No. The sandwich approach. So you say something good, something that he can fix. And, you know, I know that you're trying to work on this. And, and you know, I'm looking forward to the resolution for this. What's your, what, what do you think about that? And so that's the sandwich approach, right? You really approach him on the sandwich approach so he has a better understanding where you're coming from and doesn't break his fear. He it wants him to do better. Most healthy men want to make a woman happy and smile. If he can't do that for you, he will leave you. And that's his goal. Every man's natural goal is to do that for a woman. So when a woman cries, it really breaks his spirit. 
And a lot of men can't handle that because it's so painful for him to watch that. And so how to be passive and patient and vulnerable, that's what it is. If you want to know if you're in a mask, if you have a masculine man, you actually stay put, you be passive, you don't nag at him, you don't tell him how to do it, way, way to do it. The only difference from a man, uh, from a woman actually, to a mother is a woman actually asks permission first. And a mother just tells how it is. That makes total sense. <laughs> Is that not true? Oh, it's totally true. Like I, well, I mean, I've been a mom since I was really young, so I don't even know what it's like to just be a woman. And I say that to my husband yeah. all the time. I'm like, I really honestly yeah. don't know what it's like to be an adult and not be a mom. Uh, but yeah, I will. And uh, I think I, I'm definitely more masculine. I'm like the alpha in our relationship because I'm the one that's like, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to go. But I do see where, you know, sometimes he does want to do things like my birthday was a couple days ago and I came home and like streamers were all over and balloons. And I'm like, this is totally not you. Like you don't do this sort of thing. But I mean, he wanted to make me smile and show appreciation. So it makes it makes complete sense to me. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what it is. All we have to do is allow him to take that leadership because if we already take that leadership, he has nowhere to shine and he wants to show that. He might not have the ability to do it immediately like how you, we think. Our brain is cross-wire. Men are more drawer. Have you heard the drawer system? No. Okay, so men can only open one drawer at a time. Oh, yeah. I, I've heard it differently, like a box. Like their brain's yeah. like a box. Yeah, their brains are like box, right? But uh, if you have a left-handed man, he's more like he can think and feel like a woman can, mm -hmm. like a gay man can as well. So that's a little bit different. Um, but if you have a man that is right-handed, that's how you know he's masculine. He wants to take the lead and he will do it. He will work hard because men are actually our uh, creature, habits of creatures. So they can do things over and over, and but we get bored. We're like, let's multitask, let's do this, let's do that. We're really good at that, and that's that's why we're his co-pilot. We can function, but he's able to do one thing at a time and do it really well, right? So they're habits of creature. So when you see that, if you have a right-handed man, he's considered to be a logical man. So he goes one. Step one, step two, step three, and we can go step one, step nine, step back to three, back to one, back to, we can go all over the place, right? And that's why we're a great co-pilot. So I really recommend if you are one, if you are a masculine woman and you want to be cherished first, then I would say go and be a co-pilot. So that means being passive, patient, and vulnerable. But if you are a masculine woman, that means you're going to be giving, protecting, and paying the bills and working your bum off and, and just do the men stuff. Just make, make decisions, call the shot, take the responsibility. Whatever happens, you're, you're in it the full way. And I learned that um, that's too much cortisol for a woman. I learned that that's too much of cortisol. And that's happened to me, too much cortisol, that e either it leads to cancer or we lose our ovaries or we lose our breasts. And, and things like that. So we need to learn how to turn it off and turn back on our feminine. So we actually have both. 
So do men. They need to go in their man cave so they can soak up and, and do whatever they need to do. We need to also take care of ourselves. That means turning on our masculine and turning off. And when we turn off, that means being able to ask for help mm -hmm. from our partner or uh, like a babysitter or anybody so that we can take care of ourselves. How we were talking about earlier today about self-care and self-nurturing is a very important factor for our body. That's something I had to learn. I definitely had to learn it because when I first met my husband, I, I had to learn it really quickly because when I first met my husband, he found out we're pregnant with twins and I was just like, I don't know how I can go back to work. He's in the military. So like he, you know, he's gone a lot and I'm like, I don't know how I can go back to work. That like made me go into my feminine real fast because I couldn't do all of the stuff I normally do, you know? And I, I said for the longest time, like, I'm not meant to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm meant to be, like, doing stuff and out there. And um, But I learned. I learned that I needed to take time for myself. I needed to step back at times, ask him for help around the house, not do all of the things and, you know, have conversations because, yeah, he wants to step up. He wants to do things. He's left-handed, by the way. So, like, he... <laughs> Wow, that's pretty cool. He, so you're creative. He can think and feel. Yeah, he can. And he, with the job he does in the military, he has to be able to multitask. So I'm like, how do you do that? Because men have like this box brain, you know, like they have to just do one thing at a time. And he's just like, I, I don't know, I can do it. So maybe that has a lot to do with the fact that he's left handed. <laughs> Yeah, so that means he's very creative, so he can think and feel at the same time, So, which is a really nice factor. Not a lot of uh, women know that, that, like if you have a right-handed and left-handed, they're very two different types. So we learn that through the science and the brains, and, and they figure this all out. They're like, yeah, this is very different and unique, so there are no longer that box theory is still there. I love that. So, so if we have married women that are listening on the podcast, what is something that you'd want married women to know about their marriage to help them not go to the divorce? I mean, there are times that divorce is, is the final solution. Like, that is something that has to happen. I was, I mean, I wasn't married, but I was in a very abusive relationship before I met my husband. Um, I canceled my wedding right before it happened, so I'm pretty proud of that. But, I mean, if had I got married to him, that probably would have been the only solution because, you know, he didn't want to change. So when it comes to marriage, what is something that we can do to help uh, make our marriages healthier and happier so that we don't go that way if it's not necessary. Yes. Uh, so uh, I do support women who need um, to leave a relationship if it's abusive, um, if it's immoral, unethical, or illegal, whatever he's doing um, is breaking the law and is hurting you. The Either or you have to call a doctor or a lawyer or the police that's something that I recommend it. I never want any woman to stay in that position where she's hurting herself or um, she's being hurt by the other person or she's mentally not stable in the relationship because of the abuse and things like that. I recommend leaving that. Um, I also have a rule of what I call it the 51%. So we all have good traits and bad traits. You know, is, is he worth 51%? That means how much of an asset is he? Is he worth like 80% to of a person to actually keep? Is he a great father? You know, I look back at like what you call the five non-negotiable. So when I okay. sit woman down, I go, okay, what is your five non-negotiable in a man or in a relationship? And that's what we go by. And if he doesn't tick off all that box, that means he's under 51% of the relationship. So that's when you no longer 
want to be in the relationship or the relationship is so boring that that's the reason why you want to leave as well because you no longer are fighting you no longer want to communicate it's the same old thing and it's the same old habit then you have to leave in those relationships and that's totally fine as well but um, to make a relationship to last long I would go back to the foundation sex, time, money, and play, and negotiate with that. I do this every, so for a new relationship, you should do it for every month. Okay. And every every year of the relationship, that should be renewed every year. And so I would sit back, what do we have to change about sex, time, money, and play, right? So if somebody lost their job, they can't do this anymore. So it's never like this fixed foundation. I never would say this is a contract for life. Yeah. This is actually a contract for this time being because the cycle of the period is different. Mm-hmm. So when you are learning about somebody new, that's what you want to do. You want to be able to adjust that and make that adjustment. But you don't want to do so much of an adjustment that it's like it, there's no foundation. Right. So I would renew the foundation again to make the relationship what works, what didn't work. And they probably didn't look at that in that um, when they first started in the relationship. So that's a really big factor. And that's how you make the relationship last. And if for whatever reason um, it wasn't working out, we can always go one month. Let's see how this works. We roast. We can switch role. So you're going to be the masculine. You get all the shots. You're going to be the feminine and you're going to do this. Right, and we switch role and see what actually feels natural to them, right? At that time being, so I don't want actually um, figuring out like if you're going to go masculine, then you're going to go feminine, you're going to go masculine, masculine. It's just too confusing. It's just too confusing for the men, uh, and then yourself as well. And energetically, if you have children, it's just too confusing for them as yeah. well. They can feel it as well in that home. They're like, why is mom cutting the grass and mowing the lawn and and weed whacking and dad sitting at home? and doing the dishes it's just an energetic level it's a little bit odd right but I think that conversation happens when we sit down we go okay what is working what is not working we're going to fix the stuff that is working we're going to enhance that I even would do uh, like uh, spending time together is a big factor because today we spend about like uh, they say that uh, I read an article on a science article. They say that we touch our phone about 150 times and we don't we practically maybe touch our partner maybe once <gasps> in a day. Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's and that's, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, so that's really bad. So I would have to take technology outside of the bedroom, like completely take it out or have dinners. Like I would even say like, okay, at dinner time and and family time, no phones are allowed. Like all technology get locked up or it get all shut down, period. Because that's where we lose our connection of human connection. I think we're so terrified in today's society of human connection. I think that's what happens a lot in the marriage. We're like, well, I got my phone. Here's my mistress, and here's my other options, and and things like that. It's just, it's just all distraction, really. Uh, you have a wonderful partner, is a real life flesh person, and needs to be loved and needs to be adored, and you're gonna feel respected. A lot of men want to be respected first, then cherished second, and a lot of women want to be cherished first for her feelings and then uh, being respected second. She doesn't care so much about her idea. She just feels like, I, I need to be heard. That's all. 
And I think a lot of women is about that. And men just want to feel respected for their ideas and their leadership. That's all it really is. So we understand that roles in a relationship, that's how things last a little bit longer. And if you're struggling in this area, it's just because nobody has taught you in this area. And that's why I kind of made it into my study. I like that. And I, we have a lot of military spouses that listen to the podcast. And I like that you said to revisit it because I feel like when it comes to like deployments, like them coming back from a deployment, or even on a regular occasion, because in our in our military spouse life, things change all the time, you know, their work schedule changes, this changes, that changes, to where we might need to be more like we're dating and revisit on like a monthly or bi monthly or every, you know, couple months level to see like, are we still able to do the things that we needed to do? You know, when they're gone on deployment, uh, the spouses take on all of the things and then they come back and they need to find their their role back in our lives as well. And so I like how you said that we need to revisit it. If it's not working, we need to revisit what's not working. Yes, and um, I definitely, because, you know, I talked to, I have a cousin also in the military, and so I got two cousins in the military, so they get deployed, and they don't get to see the family maybe a month or even longer Mm -hmm. in that period, so that could be a little bit hard as well, but phone communication is always a great form of connection. I know that uh, text message is great, it's great, it's like, hey, you're cute kind of thing, that's great, but I think women really want to hear their men voice Mm -hmm. most of the time, if it's possible right if they're out um, and they have no signal that's a whole different story but I think that's the communication that should happen between you and your partner what's comfortable and just give them an idea or an estimate of when that connection happens if they're gonna be okay and most of the time it's women being concerned if their men are okay yeah um, so I, I get that all the time because you know I work with military couples as well so yeah, I think that's a big factor, just revisiting that information and new information comes up and, and it's all about the mindset. It's So don't be so fixated. Well, you used to do this. Well, in the back, you know, in our past dates, you know, you always bring flour, but things change, right? You have more kids, more responsibility mm-hmm. and, you know, things will get make up, right? Maybe it doesn't happen this time around, but maybe communicate, let your man know what makes you happy. So he doesn't go into the figuring out mode or the solving problem mode. A lot of women go, I'm mad at you and silent treatment. (laughs) And it doesn't work that way, right? Where it's like, I'm mad at you because of this. And this is how you can make me better or happier in this situation. What is your thought on this? Oh, I like that. So we need to wrap up the podcast, but Cindy said yes. she would come in the Inspired Women community and chat with us the week yes. that her podcast airs. So that's really exciting, and we'll be able to hear more um, from her and ask questions and stuff. But what is one thing that you want to leave the audience with when it comes to relationships? If there's, like, one thing that you that sticks out to you that's, like, this is one of the most important things that I can leave you with, what would that be? The only way you know that you love yourself than anybody else is the promise and commitment that you keep so that other people can follow your lead. Yes, I love that. I always say that you have to first love yourself in order to truly be loved by others. Would you agree? Yes. Yes, I would totally agree with that. So it's all not only about self-love, but it's also the promise, the commitment that you keep so that other person will hopefully do the same as well. Yes, 
I love that. Well, thank you, Cindy, so much for coming on the podcast. I've absolutely enjoyed this. I'm so glad that you found me. <laughs> Yay! I'm putting out my positive in this world. Yes, you are. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspired Women Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.